In the heart of hearts, there is an innocence or purity or an expression of some central domain of love. This is spoken of by the founders of all traditional spiritual pathways, all of our major philosophies throughout the human history, artists and poets. It's a direction we come from. It's a domain we know as home, spiritually, heartfully, sentimentally, humanly, physically. Yet it's cosmic and mysterious. And it's only when we are responsible to that direction and for that domain, that direction, in any given moment in time, any breath, in the space of our body itself, our, our incarnation, in which we experience seniority, or as is popularly stated politically these days, agency. One is responsible, one is responding. And yet, when we are not awake in the framework of Buddhism, or we are not present, we are not conscious, we are not aspiring to that direction, we project out, you are not enough, he's not enough. In fact, let me make an excuse of why I won't be enough because I hate you rather than loving you. I do not love yet helping you find the direction of eternity from eternity within yourself, beside you, from eternity within eternity to eternity in myself because I'm afraid that you'll win and I'll lose. So I'm going to win and you're going to lose. And then we have a war. It's about the single most ignorant, to use a word used in yoga and meditation and South Asian and Eastern Asian pathways. It's one of the most ignorant, if not the most ignorant thing a human being could do. If one is sentient, if one is consciously perceiving and feeling. And so we get caught between history. But you know, they buried the statue in the sands, and then someone stole the statue in the sands. And it's mine. No, it's yours. No, we'll get a lot of money if we steal it. And so rather than <clears throat> coming from our memory beyond scarring of the blessings of your ancestors and mine, the song lines of the Aborigines. Rather than coming from that direction safely into the present moment beside one another and toward eternity, we start to create a shadow world as if we were shadow puppets, refusing to practice living prayer. And then images of scarring are what we are defined by in our conversations with one another, our concepts of relationships and identity, our directions of politics, our manipulation of the material plane and one another. And <clears throat> instead of sending a course within our heart of hearts, we do not enlighten 
the home which all children on the earth need from us. So with one breath, one can release that entire shadow in oneself and turn toward the innocence, not of naivete, but of mercy. I had someone a few years ago, a number of years ago now, say to me, oh, you're just so naive, you're foolish, or are you tricking everyone because you're sort of, you're nice? <clears throat> and I answered them that I wasn't, I don't know as I think of myself as particularly nice, but whatever their experience was, I said, I, I think I've just experienced a great deal of the suffering of other people. And therefore, I am in the direction of mercy as a student of that. I told my husband last week that I didn't feel a confidence because I felt a teacher. I said, it's really, John, I'm a student all the time. I'm in the direction of studying what God is doing to the best of my humble ability to remain dignified as a human being the way I saw so preciously embodied in my late mother. She had difficult breath. She had asthma. She was found in her last year to have had congestive heart failure from the time she was 33 years old. It was attributed to go back to a very difficult labor and the birth of her fourth child, my beloved younger brother, Peter. And the doctor who treated her was so devastated that he had not found this. Over that period, which at that time was over three decades, oh my goodness, Teresa, you've suffered with this and we've misdiagnosed it and mistreated it. They had helped her with her breathing, but they had not found the cause, which was within her physical heart. And I remember her saying to me, well, he's one of the greatest gifts of my life. It's all right, what I've gone through in my body. Right as I sat at her bedside in the hospital. My younger brother brought her no suffering. She had one episode when he was a teenager when he and friends were exploring smoking and they were called into the principal's office. And so my mother came to see the principal and he was astonished that she wasn't there to punish her son. She wanted to find out, what more can I do? What does he need? What do you need as his authority in education? And Peter apologized to her and the principal and that was it. My younger brother is not a perfect human being nor am I. But, you know, we are children of a merciful mother and a benevolent father. And so it's not only that he is turned in the direction of eternity from eternity, or that I am. We together have mystery between us so deep that about one to three times a year, the phone will ring on the rare day when I'm <clears throat> sort of overburdened with something difficult with work or my health or a conundrum I'm facing and philosophically just contemplating something and 
Peter can feel it like Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. He feels the disturbance in the Force. My sister is beside me. Beth, are you all right? And I say, of course you called. And you know, we are immediately all right. And I am all right because my brother is beside me in the great mystery. So he and I have a quality which answers us beyond war. It always does. No weapons. No great hatred. I can't imagine the concept of hating my brother or my late older brother. It's just unimaginable to me. The greatness of that which is to, that which we come from, where we're not dualistic, but we are of something holy. We are children of something holy and real. I would call it God. We could call it the universe. And you know, my older brother is one of the creators of the rocket fuel from the space shuttle. So when I was a baby in the bedroom next to him, he would be shooting rockets. You know, you'd hear his voice. My dad would come up to put him to bed, read him a story. And Mike would have a little rocket ship on the little desk beside his, his bed. To the stars, my dad's favorite phrase, ad astra prospera. Latin words, Western hemisphere. We are of four cultures. Our skin is light. My eyes are amber colored. My dad's were hazel, going from kind of aquamarine to green to blue, very blue as he got older, stormy blue. My brothers are mint green. Mike's were a deeper brown. My sisters are very dark brown. Who are we? Who are you? My father would speak a Latin phrase to us, to the stars through aspiration, right? I could say this to any child on the earth, and if he or she or they were taught by their parents in mercy, they might translate something back to me, the way the Athabascan men brought me salmon because of an old woman who could feel like my brother Peter, how I was. She experienced oneness with me so great that she took care of me, her young daughter, come to live in her village far above the Arctic Circle for a summer to help all the children of the village. And then someone would say when I'd come into the next village, oh, it's you, we've heard about you. You're the one with the children. Right? So I worked in 77 villages. Many of the elders didn't speak English. They might nod. And the dimensions in which we met are filled with such love that every day of my life is different, transformed, blessed, because so little shadow defined our meeting in the light of the day and the deep void of the night, safely together, one tribe, the human race. 
So if we turn to the heart of hearts in you or in me, and we look at the news today, we have a great deal of attention <clears throat> on argument. One of the ways to achieve mental stature in the world is to be smart. I used to get the best grades of many of the kids in my classes, so much so that I graduated from high school as third out of 793 students. There were two boys before me. They had both gone through the entire school system from kindergarten to 12th grade in the same town. And I had gone to school in three different parts of the Northeast. And the two areas I came from first had much more strident grading rules. And so both boys said to me, you know, we're not smarter than you, but we had better luck with our grades. It was an interesting response because I, I didn't experience competition with them, <clears throat> but they made an excuse for how they felt they had conquered me. And one of them joked that it would have been something if a girl had beaten them. And so even the hostility of that was a surprise to me. It wasn't hostile about me. They were just stating, you know, we're boys and you're a girl where I was used to my brother, Mike, who'd been taught to protect me. Elizabeth, are you all right? I'm always all right because of my brother, Michael. Every breath of my life is safely, vulnerably expressed because he went out shepherding ahead of me in time, right? Ahead of me in time. I have a small photograph of him in a round frame here on my desk where I'm sitting. And he's kind of leaning on his knees and legs, looking out over the lake where we were raised. And I'm sitting next to him with my little haircut and braids, which my mother had lovingly done. We, two of us, are one. And yet two. There's not a shadow between us we are studying. We are studying the ineffable perfection of love in his heart of hearts and mine and yours and your mother's and your father's and my mother's and my father's. And when we come from that place in time, in this current incarnation, in the space of my cells of my body and yours, there is no need for weapons because we are studying civilization. We are undisturbed by everybody hating one another. Shh, stop fighting. Don't you know we're all studying the universe? My brother, whose creations went all around the planet in space and helped countless human beings. That's my big brother. His body is no longer with us. But my younger brother says, if I called Peter and said, I need you to come right now. And he said, why? I go, just get on a plane. Do you know Beth and he would have him on a plane within 12 hours? Why? Because I wouldn't ask him to do that unless I couldn't do it without him. He knows that. If he had something going on where he said, oh, my son Will needs me or Beth needs me, or 
he would call Blaine and say, Blaine, can you take care of what's going on with Beth? So, you know, we begin a civilization. Where is the love in Blaine, in Peter, in me and our late brother? That's heaven, home. I never leave it. I never leave it. And so when my countenance turns toward yours, I am looking for the place in your ancestors where heaven dwelled. I'm looking for the person who survived Auschwitz and for the soldier of any tradition who was merciful in Auschwitz so that your ancestors survived and for the person who died in Auschwitz to be remembered so that wherever their soul is, they are not enshadowed in hatred, but finding their way to God, from God, to the universe, from the universe, through my love for the place in them which is one. And my soul is attenuated to the soldier who sadistically killed someone there, or in Palestine or Israel or the Ukraine or Russia today. Hey, excuse me, brother or sister, person of my family, get up. Go beyond hatred. Stop killing. Help yourself and everyone around you to find the civilization of this present breath. At this moment in your cells, be responsible in eternity, right now, here, everywhere. And then as we're present with this, we are developing the muscle of our contemplative nature. This is what the monks and the yogis and the mountain men and the shepherds high in the Basque region of Spain, the Pyrenees, do. They contemplate till some part of them is so strong in this heart of hearts that they are like a, an echo for us all, a resonance of home remembered, home prayed for, home practiced, home embodied. And when we are responsible in our heart of hearts to express a gesture through our body of regarding a child with love, lighting a candle for people of all faiths, finding a translation point for your word and my word, that we find the logos, the word made flesh, the the word that is trying to state this heart of hearts. We begin to live in the same domain which was revealed to the great souls of our history. And then our responsibility is to embody this, not just within ourselves, but for the sake of all of our brethren, all of our holy family. We feel vulnerably, vulnerable when we enter that moment because that direction of civilization hasn't existed before you 
and I enter that moment. And we take the next breath and something happens between us together, ensemble. Oh, we are seeking together, ensemble. Another French word uh, beside ensemble, which is together, which I talked of in the earlier class, is chercher. Je cherche. I seek. Chercher. I thought earlier today, you know, chercher comes from the same word as the English word cherish. I cherish my brother. Je cherche. Chercher. Do you seek your brother? Do you cherish the quest? You know, I am I am seeking heaven. Je cherche le ciel, le sacré bleu. I am seeking the sacred blue. My favorite perfume as a young woman was called Le Bleu. It has 426 ingredients in it. It was made by one of the ancestors of the Guerlain family in, in northern France. And he was in Paris after work late in the day as the early evening came in. And there's a French word when it turns from sunset to just before dark, and it's called Le Bleu, the blue hour. And he saw a young woman with hair called Chatin, the same color as my hair, this kind of brown, blondy, mousy color of like a, a tawny, light brown, medium light to brown. And he saw her, she was a young woman, and he was aware that she was a living aspiration of where one is going, the whole human race. She was that muse for him. And he was so moved in his heart of hearts that he created the perfume. He never saw her again. And I found that perfume when I was maybe 14 to 16, 14 or 15 years old. It's before my older brother Mike gave me perfume because it's part of why he knew I loved perfume. It was on sale at a drugstore in Penyan, New York. I came in to get something for my parents and here was this bottle of perfume. They had a sample of it. It was astonishing to me. I thought, what is this? It was reasonable enough for me to purchase the bottle. They were discontinuing it in the grocery store. I mean, the drugstore or pharmacy. I took it home. I had that bottle of perfume for 20 years and have visited the Guerlain stores in France. And the the blessing of that man's quest, how he and that young woman met as strangers across from, he was by the side of the Seine River, she was on the, across the street and he saw her walking. And something happened to him, which has blessed my body walking all over this earth. No scar is greater than the gift of the beauty of those flowers those ingredients that farmers and artists have worked with all over our world to express the direction of beauty which occurs when we are unafraid to be in conversation with our creator, with our cosmos. 
and with that in one another. Out of this is caused everything we have in terms of domiciles, homes, from corrugated metal I've seen in Gaza historically to fine uh, wallpaper I've seen on the walls of the Goring Hotel in London to the wooden floors that are beneath my feet here, the glass windows, the old hand-blown bullet glass windows in a house I lived in in my childhood that was built in 1769 before the United States of America even existed. The sentiment of beauty and creation given to you to responsibly cause and think and be within your character, your persona, and emote and show through the cells of who you are. You are responsible for this. Creating that beauty, that embodiment of grace that might house a child of any race safely in blessing. That is your duty and mine. Finding a translation point for the languages of human history, that we might be civilized together as one family, my younger brother and Blaine and myself and my husband John and his children and their children to come and all children to come. Will any of them ever remember your names or mine? They will remember heaven. That they might find their way through the scars of their ancestors to this present breath and moment in which you are responsible and I am responsible from the stars to the stars. One global civilization beyond all war and beyond a petty peace into a word we might seek. And what word is there beyond peace in your heart of hearts that you, some child out there on the earth today, might bring to us all, that we remember home from eternity through your future to our present moment as elders and into history that we find our way through the sands and the seas in the skies, and the fire of the sun, to remember and be and represent home, the heart of hearts, 